five, four. Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans <laughs> podcast. We are back again for episode number 73. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I am joined by just a couple of beans. I have Stu on the line. How's it going? I'm good, mate. Yeah, just, just before we get into it, that is still the best <laughs> opening to a stream I have ever seen or heard in my life. It was Yeah, perfect. we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, and we also have Chewy. How's it going, Drew? Uh, I'm, I'm good. That was my first ever Twitch clip, uh, actually getting that little bit. So. <laughs> and you nailed it. Yeah, I was pretty happy with myself. Uh, but yeah, I'm great. How are you, Shorty? I'm good. So, yeah, if you've got no idea what we're talking about and why I started the podcast in that very strange fashion, you should go and watch the VOD or at least the clip from uh, our Caltime League stream from the weekend where uh, unexpectedly I was live on stream in the middle of just shouting out some random numbers. So, quite amusing. Very amusing. <laughs> so, certainly threw me off my uh, my usual introductions and, and polish that I bring to these streams, but... It was funny. Somehow and, uh, your commentary was better than it's ever been. It's strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds about right. But uh, yeah, it was was good fun. We did have a good stream, uh, despite the, the weird start, and we'll certainly talk about that tonight. But before we get into that, Stu, do you want to tell us about our sponsors? Absolutely. So as always, we just want to start the show with a shout out to our sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, and we want to thank them for the support that they've given us in order to run the leagues that we just ran on the weekend. Uh, they're a Facebook auction site with nightly auctions on physical magic cards. Search them up and join in on the bidding and snatch up a bargain. We all love a bargain. And when you win, just let them know the bean sent you. Very good. So, yeah, as we mentioned, we had the Kaldheim League final stream this weekend. So you would have heard over the last few casts that we've done and, and the focused episode that the guys did last week that... Uh, yeah, we've been running this league for like six or seven weeks now, and this weekend was the culmination of that. So we had a bunch of players who'd qualified through the group stage uh, into the finals, and we started running a double elimination top 16 bracket a few weeks ago now. Played the early stages of that over, over a two-week period, and then once we'd whittled down to eight players, that gave us uh, the players that we wanted for our final stream. So, yeah, ran that this weekend uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think the the stream was, what, like six hours in, in total in the end, Chewy? Yeah, just over, yeah, I think. Pr- yeah. Pretty good. Yep. yep. So nice, nice long stream, plenty of good magic, and, uh, yeah, we ended up with our ultimate winner. So... Chewy, who who took it down? You were there right from from start to finish. I myself, I I bailed out partway through because uh, I forgot to put a certain thing in the calendar, and my wife booked us Harry Potter tickets, which was awesome. Had an awesome weekend, but missed out on the second half of the stream. But you well, were there, Chew. Yeah, I missed out on the I'm, whole I'm, stream. <laughs> I'm really glad that you got to do all of the work in the background. Worked pretty much to midnight every night through the, the week prior to the yeah. stream, and then wasn't there to enjoy it. So yeah. I hope Harry Potter was good for your sake. <laughs> it certainly was. Yeah, if you okay, actually, if you're in Melbourne and you haven't seen Harry Potter and you're any any sort of Harry Potter fan, I definitely recommend going and see. It was it it's was very list. good, very very well done. Excellent. Um, all right. So yeah, the the. Magic that was played over the the weekend was was exciting and, and great, and we had some uh, you know diversity in our decks and uh, some really good players and some uh, that we'd seen in previous leagues and some newcomers that really did make a name for themselves. Uh, but the final, it, 
if you don't have six hours to uh, watch the full stream, uh, you're missing out or you've got proper sleep patterns and I don't understand you. <laughs> but the the just the final match um, between uh, Rolling Royce and Pijor, which was Team Adventures versus Mono Red, uh, was absolutely epic. Like, it was uh, a really fun match to commentate. Uh, really, really great magic, a lot of crazy decisions, some absolutely crazy top decks, and ultimately, uh, Pijor, a invitational competitor from last year with their mono red snow list, got the job done against Rolling Royce and, uh, is our Kaldheim League champion. So congratulations, Pijor, uh, lost to Rolling Royce in the Team Adventures deck. Uh, earlier on in the top eight, yeah, a couple couple of rounds before the grand final, I think. But yeah, the the beauty of double elimination, they got that second chance and came back and uh, you know got their their sweet sweet revenge. And I tell you what, their deck showed up. They they played really well, taking nothing away from Pijor. Chose a good deck for the for the day and or for the whole event. I believe they played mono red throughout the whole event or majority of. Uh, but yeah, their their deck absolutely showed up. And the top of the deck was very kind to them. I have never seen the top of a deck perform so well. The top of my <laughs> deck is never that good to me. Let me tell you that much. Yeah. The top of my deck always has lands on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, when I'm playing mono red. So we talk yeah. about variants in magic. Like we get all of the, the bad draws and we save them up for P-Draw. And he did it on stream. So it was a good spectacle. It was great um, to watch. Yeah. And honestly, like Rolling Roy still made Pijor work for it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, really well played by both the finals competitors. And, you know, you could tell at that point why they were both in the finals. Um, they, it they felt played- like the closest 2-0 match I've ever seen, you know? Yeah, like, agreed, agreed. It was, so, it was still it was, wide open at the end there. Absolutely. It was just if, if Roycey could have just gotten one more turn, uh, it would have been, uh, you know, potentially a different outcome. But, yeah, it was, it was great. We had... Uh, we, we, we had two mono red decks, and we saw early on the sort of the other side of the mono red deck, uh, where Asbestos Mule, the deck didn't really show up, and we saw those awkward yeah. draws and, and things just that can happen. Couldn't close out. Had a, yeah. had a decent start, but then just couldn't actually close the game out. Yeah, but Pijor just, you know, the deck showed up, and uh, that that is magic kind of embodied there, particularly with the aggressive strategies. So, mm. uh, but yeah, we we had a really diverse. Um, Top eight. Yeah, I think the the two Jeskai cycling decks did pretty well as as well. I think I think they ended up third and fourth. Yeah, yeah they did They're from yep. uh, the Goat and Skips J. So that included a mirror yeah. as well to knock each other out. So yeah, yeah, which was yep. interesting in itself. The uh, we thought it was going to come down to milling at one point, but it came down to the activation of the. Is it Soul Guide Lantern, the artifact that exiles a graveyard? Yes. Uh, yep. Pulling the trigger on that perhaps a little bit too early and the rebuild uh, cost it. So the uh, the match was sort of determined by a decision that was made six to eight turns previously. So um, it's one of those 50-50 situations where you just never know what's going to happen. But great spectacle. Yeah. Really great spectacle. Yep. And, yeah, as, as always, really happy with the stream. Uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Chewy, Chris and I, were uh, we caught up during the week and added in a few new things. Probably not really much that you would actually notice from a viewer's perspective, but from 
the pushing buttons perspective and running the stream, we, we've managed to find a few things that have made it a million times easier for us to, to run things. So really happy with that. Slow improvements here and there in the coverage. And yeah, it's, a, it's always improving. And Being and, on the yeah, other really end of it this it. time, being on the other end of it this time around, it was, it was really polished. It looked really great. I think you guys did an amazing job. Pity about the quality of the commentary, but um. <laughs> I, I think it picked up a notch. To be honest, with my not being there, so oh, okay, yeah, just Spe- more especially of after the first hour. First hour was pretty rough, and then uh, after that, it got much better. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't want to be too insular here, but you know, like credit to to yourself and Chris for everything that you did in the lead up to it, but credit to Chris for just smashing out six hours of production uh, during yeah. the stream. Uh, yeah. Credit to uh, Chris's brother, Infect Rules or Matty P, uh, for stepping in when Stu had uh, some uh, a last minute uh, cancellation on coming. Uh, he came in and helped get matches organised, bought us lunch, and uh, yeah, just helped with running of the stream. And massive, massive shout out to Cracker who sat in that commentary chair for six hours <laughs> straight and just <laughs> yeah. yeah, he it, did the whole lot, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't yep. didn't have a break at all. Yeah, so every yeah. match. Yeah. I feel so bad. No, no, don't, mate, don't. No, we 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 got ring-ins and, and what, I, what did I should it, have so. done is I should have just hooked in, hooked into Discord and commentated a couple of matches from here. Yeah, you could have done it remotely. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe we'll look at that Next for time. a future event as a as a backup. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see yeah. how we go. And and thanks to everyone who hung out and chat. It was really fun and and made the th- yeah. made everything run smoothly. And we didn't have any sort of you know, awkward pauses <laughs> or anything like yep. that. So it was uh, it was a really, really fun event, and I, I really love those things. And one of the things that I really did enjoy, Shorty, is the uh, the winner screen with the Beans logo. <laughs> like, yeah. that, was, that yep. was excellent. So built, built, built that last week. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was really, really good. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Maddie as well. Matt, Matt uh, Polson donated the box of Icoria that you guys were giving away packs of uh, throughout the stream so yep just uh, all around top bloke helping out and, uh, and donating stuff so yeah huge shout out there but uh, yeah the uh, the event was awesome ran really well really really happy with how this whole league has run we've mentioned it before it was really good to see people getting in early playing heaps of their matches and not leaving us in awkward positions too much where we have to sort of figure out who to award wins to and things like that. So hopefully we can continue that going forward. And, yeah, speaking of that, we do have a couple of events coming up. Uh, I don't think it was really announced on the stream on the weekend, but it's been announced in our Discord. But, Stu, what have we got coming up for uh, the people out there in the Beans world? Yeah, so coming up in just over a week's time is our next one-day historic event on Mm. the uh, 24th of April. If you're on the link, pay no attention to dis- to the description. We'll update yes, that later. It's the seventeenth. But <laughs> we starting, did have a date change. Starting at a eleven a.m. At the moment, we currently have nineteen players signed up, which means there will be envy points on offer. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Envy points. There'll be cash. There'll be uh, various other prizes. So yep. yeah, so one should day- be at least three envy points. I think up for grabs. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So another way to get in to the invitational at the end of the year or to earn your way towards it. Yep. It uh, starts at 11 a.m. and it'll be Swiss rounds with no top eights. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll award prizes based on the finish. Which is yeah. how we how we did it last time, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it seemed to work fine. Like, yeah, we'll, it was good. We'll obviously, we'll base the number of rounds off of how many players we, we end up getting. Uh, I think last time we did five rounds. It may be six rounds this time, depending on how many players we get. 
but they seem to go pretty quick on arena. Like yeah. the, the event's not it's not taking all day to actually play through the event. And no, a few the good thing is time, these days uh, you can play it on your phone. So even if you are busy, you can just quickly jump in and, and play your, your matches on your phone. No worries. And it, it is important for anybody who does join that you need to join our Discord in order to organise your matches as well. Yep. And then following Absolutely. on from that, on Friday the 30th of April, we will have our live draw for our Strixhaven League, mm. which starts straight after the live draw. Yeah. Yep. yep. So Friday, Friday the 30th of April, I think we still need to organise a time. It's usually about 8.30, 9pm Australian Eastern time when yep. we do the stream for the draw. Uh, and at the moment we have, I think, 28 people signed up. It'd be great to get a few more. Tell your friends. Try. Tell your friends and tell them it's free to enter. And, you know, there's a lot of prizes. We, we love giving stuff away. And, yeah, so that, that'll run for, is it four weeks this time? I think we've shortened yeah, four, it. Four weeks for the four weeks for the group stage. So it'll be the same as the one we've just run, the Caldheim uh, League. Because we did the top 16. and Yeah, yep. So four, four weeks, group stage, and then we'll cut to depending on how many players we end up with within the league, we'll cut to a certain amount of players from each group and then do the same thing, do double elimination over a couple of weeks until we get our top eight and then do a, a live stream, which will be, I think in, it might have been June, the, yeah. uh, the live stream. We've, we've got the dates, but haven't actually released those yet. And so, yeah, we're looking at, for prizes for that, $500 in cash, voucher, vouchers, arena codes and boosters, and, yeah, just all the usual stuff. Just loot. Just come and take we'll it, please. All the time. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, just like our previous league, the uh, Strixhaven League is sponsored by the good folks at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So we did say it at the top of the show, but can't say it enough. Uh, oh, they're them. awesome. They support us. Uh, if you want free leagues with prizes, just go and bid on a few cards every now and then. Tell them that we sent you. Very good. So, yeah, speaking of events and streams and things like that, we were planning on doing a mm. stream this week, and uh, <laughs> it's time for us to have a whinge. <laughs> uh, Cracks knuckles. It, yeah, so in case you didn't know, uh, Strixhaven is releasing on Arena this weekend, so it'll be, I think it's like Saturday morning, I think it ends up releasing for us, but Strixhaven will get released, and as normally happens, uh, as, as has happened for quite a long time, or well, you know, since Arena's been, been out, which is a few years now, uh, Wizards have run the early access streamer events where the day before the str- the uh, the cards get released to the general public, uh, if you're a content creator and you're in the Wizards content creator program, you get a an all-access account full of cards and gems and, and wild cards and whatever you want so that you can play all the new cards on stream and basically it's a huge promotion for for wizards and for the new set builds a bunch of hype all that sort of thing so we were expecting to do that this week it's something we've really enjoyed we've done it for basically like the last year like i think we've done it like five times now or something always a lot of fun the last couple of times like we've taken days off work so we can have a stream running pretty much the whole time it's really good to get the the beans community to send us in their deck lists to try yeah, out as yeah. well, and the yep. days or the you know the even weeks leading up to it, we get our resident brewers, uh, you know, sending us all of their ideas, and there's no cost, right? Or you can go, well, I don't know if this deck's terrible or not, but it's yeah, not like I'm yep. spending actual wild cards on it because of the all access account. So it's just great for everybody. 
and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been so much fun. And you get to, yep. you know, Shorty's taken down some MPL players on stream <laughs> and, and stuff. So, you know, it's yep. it's pretty great. I've lost to Ali and Eldrazi 100% of the time. So, you know, it's, it's good <laughs> well, fun. The last stream I played against Crokies, so it's like, okay, yep, get the Beans name out there. You know, we're sitting there with like 20 or 30, 30 viewers and Crokies sitting there with two or 3,000 viewers. It's like, yep, yeah, well, there we go. We're, you know, a little, little bit of publicity for everyone and, and generally just a lot of fun. It's a chance to really showcase the new stuff and you're not trying to be super spiky. You're just you're highlighting new cards and highlighting the new mechanics and things like that and just, just having fun. And we were all set to do that this week. I think Chewy, you may have even booked the day off of work. I don't know if you ended up ended up doing that. I know you were planning on it. No, no, I did. I've I've cancelled that day off. <laughs> okay. Yep. And uh, and not very long ago, <laughs> we uh, we got an email to say, nope, uh, Wizards is cancelling the early access events uh, going forward. As in, it's. There is no, oh, we're just cancelling at this time because we couldn't get it organised. It's just, it is cancelled and we are, we have no intention of doing this again, which is extremely disappointing. I, we've been chasing uh, information on this for weeks uh, and had zero contact. And I know of not just Chewy, but I know of at least two other uh australian or new zealand streamers who had also booked days off work and yeah with less than 36 hours notice just nope sorry not doing it and uh, no real explanation of where uh or what's going to replace that or, or what we can none. expect going there's, forward there's so, no explanation not just no real there's none they've just gone <laughs> no it's not happening our discord's still open where nothing happens yeah, which you can't <laughs> post it. There's just an announcements channel that and no one can post in. Like, yeah, I don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's very disappointing. Yeah. And so we, we've we've always been pretty pretty conscious of not bashing wizards. You know, we we will call out when they do silly things or things we don't agree with, or uh, you know, we'll, we'll have discussions about various things going on in in the magic world. But we've been fairly conscious of not, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and just trashing wizards and and saying how poor of a company they are and that sort of stuff, which plenty of other content creators do. And you know, that's that's something that I've consciously had in my mind. Where you know, we we are content creators for their product, and we would love to have you know preview cards and things like that one day. Particularly, so, the, you know, considering we've got an influencer in Cracker. Uh, amongst our ranks as well so i'm gonna beep that one out too he's gonna be filthy yeah but yeah it's like okay you know we'll we'll give our opinions but we're not going to go go too hard but this is something that's really just like what is going on and i I think it's it's probably about time that we actually have a have an actual whinge about the state of of wizards and and things that are going on so i don't know what we're going to get out of this and (laughs) just nothing but we're going to feel better it's going to be cathartic for us, if nothing Absolutely. else, right? So We're just cathart. Let's cathart all uh, over this place, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a verb or whatever the, whatever the uh, phrase so, is. So, Shorty, I, I know that you're pretty disappointed by this, so I, I, think, I think we'll give you the floor first. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? As somebody who is probably the most organised bean, uh, and someone who you know makes all of our stuff happen. 
you know what goes into organizing these things and, and the benefits of them and, and such. So you've got that perspective. What, what is your, what was your initial reaction? And now that we've had a couple of days to digest it, how do you feel about this right now? So do I have the six hours that we put on the show notes to? <laughs> to uh, uh, you edit the cast so you can go for as long as you want and you can decide whether or not That's a good point. to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I mean, uh, as I said before, I've generally supported most things wizards do. And when we first, you know, when we first started the podcast, uh, we heard about the, the content creator program and we contacted wizards and said, how do we get into this thing? You know, we're a podcast. What What is it? How do we get in there? Uh, you know, we're running leagues. Basically, we were trying to find out if Wizards had any sort of support program to provide, you know, things like gem codes and, and arena ICRs and things like that for our community. So we can go, yeah, hey, we can run events and, and here's prizes that we've got for it that, that don't cost us anything. And at the time, they, they basically said, no, nah, look, you know, we we only really put streamers into the content creator programs. Like, okay, that's that's fair enough. And then a few months later, we started streaming and, and we streamed started streaming pretty regularly. And so we, we applied for it again and we got accepted. And, and at the time for us, it was like, oh, awesome. You know, this is cool. You know, we made we've it. made it <laughs> sort of thing, thinking this is this amazing program. And it was fine. Like the, the program is was pretty vague and you're not really getting that much out of it it was it was a bit of work but it was just cool to be involved in something official from wizards you know for us little small fries here with our small audience that we have here in australia it was it was just cool to be involved in and that was what like a year and a half ago something like that maybe even a bit more that we we started getting involved in that and it's just kind of just gone downhill and downhill and it's it's really disappointing because <laughs> it's not that hard to do and and especially when you've got people that are invested in franchise yeah. that have these communities that look forward to these events all the time like they didn't really have to do anything except keep it going so yeah, like yeah it's pretty, you've got pretty flat <laughs> from a bit from a business perspective you know you've got You've got all of these people, these content creators, like the small people like us, that are more than happy to be promoting their product and doing these things for them for no reward, <laughs> like no monetary reward. We're just happy to be involved in this thing, which is promoting their company for free. So straight up for me, it's like, okay, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now- I do look at it from the other side and, and you know, Chewie, you, you would be able to see the other side of it as well in terms of staffing and things. This event is not just, oh, yeah, we just click one button and the event is up and running. You, you're you setting up, uh, you know, the God accounts for all of these content creators and, and you know, sending out all the, the login information they need and producing the graphics and all this sort of stuff. So there is, there is definitely work involved from wizard's point of view to get these events up and running but but it's that the work the cost of that work involved a lot less than other means of advertising yeah yeah i mean like we we don't know maybe maybe they've run the numbers on this and they go you know what the viewers that we get from like the total viewers we get from people running watching these events is not worth it well in terms of clarity on that would be nice well, Instead you're of, never going to get that. Like, that's, that's business. Like, that, obviously, that's business they won't stuff say that. They're, they're not going to tell you. But even still, like, some sort of... Like, it, we're just... We've made the decision to discontinue it. That's it. That's what we yeah. got. 
if, yeah, if, they, if they've made the decision to discontinue it for business reasons, I completely appreciate and understand that. And they could just but say that. they would have know? known that more than 36 hours from the event. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where – this is where, you know, I'm like I've been more and more disappointed since, <laughs> since hearing this because I start thinking about, okay, why weren't we told this earlier? So we've had uh, like as a bit of a behind the curtains thing, we, there is a Discord – that the content creators are involved in. So there's an Australian, Australian, New Zealand one that we're in, and then there's a global one that, that we're in where they're meant to communicate all this sort of stuff to us. Uh, the Australian one is reasonable. You know, there's there's other content creators uh, in there that are talking about various bits and pieces, very little communication from Watsi, but usually you can ping one of the Watsi people and they will get back to you, you know, within 24 hours sort of thing, and that, that's fine. It's just nice to have someone who you can ask questions of. The global one was meant to be the, okay, this is where we're going to organize all the big events and that sort of stuff. The, the global Discord has an announcement channel that no one can post in and that's it. And it basically just has a copy and paste of an email that, that everyone was sent a, a while ago uh, and that's it. And like you said, Chewie, like the the last, what was the last at Caldheim, the last early access event that we were involved in was really poorly organized and you know, the heaps of people, and, and I didn't actually realize this till afterwards. Remember, we were playing and we kept playing against human tokens. And it yes. was like, oh, this person's there. Oh, I'm playing against human token again. And we kept thinking we're playing it's the same person. Well, it turns out that is just a whole bunch of generic accounts they had to quickly create because heaps of people, their logins didn't work and, and there was all sorts of dramas. So <laughs> they were just getting put in as human tokens, as generic huh. people. So we didn't actually know who we were playing against. But the, the communication was really poor. Getting the graphics out was really slow. In, in some of the earlier events we were in, you would get the graphics like nearly two weeks before the event. So you could modify them how you wanted, get your overlays all set up, put them in for approval, things like that, and actually be ready for the stream. The last one we did, it was like the day before the stream. It's like, okay, here's your graphics. It's like, oh, okay, well, now I've got to somehow get this stuff all sorted. That one was really poor. There was some excuses about the person who normally runs it was away and things like that. And it's like, okay, yep, but you have other staff and you were probably aware that person was going to be away or whatever. This one, as you said before, Chewy, is where it was really annoying. Where the it's wheels just came no, off, right? Yeah, just no communication, nothing at all, no idea what's going on, and then just here's an email, sorry. Well, not even a sorry, just <laughs> we're not doing this event and... I just, I just can't wrap my head around why. Like it, it, it just seems like such minimal effort to engage your community and have these advocates promoting and streaming your product and saying how good your company is and you should play this game and you should buy this product and that sort of stuff. It, it comes down to management. It's, they they, they yeah, know it's the, crazy. they know the date that the set's coming out. Yeah. And the marketing team that should for be- six months. Exactly. So the marketing team uh, should be onto it at that point. Get the content creators locked in, get people done. That gives you time to create overlays, gives you time to set up accounts. Setting up a account, you know the names of your content creators because they register. You should yeah, be able they're to They're all script- in a database. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to script those logins. I, so for those yeah. who don't know, I, I look after, uh, a, a clinical application for one of the biggest health services in the country, right? So it's a, it's a probably not as big and global as, as arena, but we've got 15,000 staff, right? I know full well you can script logins. You can, uh, it, you'll have a, a digital team that'll take an hour to create 
an overlay as long as they've got enough time to put it on their, you know, list of things to do. So it just comes down to management and planning. And that to me from, you know, looking through it from my lens, that's what it comes down to. There's not enough resources and, uh, or not enough, um, planning and management in that resource allocation. And, you know, we're all looking at it through our, our own, own lenses. It's, we're all probably a bit emotional about it, but it is a, uh, a real letdown. Uh, you know, any business minded people can be going, what free advertising? And all I need to do is, you know, plan something a couple of weeks in advance and I'm going to get, you know, a couple of thousand people promoting my product to the, to, you know, however many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of viewers across the world over a 24 hour period. Like, why not? Because you never know when people are going to go, Oh, look at that deck that Crokey's played or that right random magic beans cast that I've never heard of who was playing against Menguchi. They played a pretty sweet deck. I'm going to go build that and people are going to like buy gems. They're going to buy packs on arena and they, they're going to, going to do it. There's going to be people that are just casual viewers and they're going to go, Oh, maybe I will actually give this thing a go. So there's this great publicity opportunity and They've just decided to be completely inactive in that space and just let it just let it die. Really, that's that's mm. what's happened. And there's a lot of a lot of people that are very very upset about it. You know, a lot of content creators that are uh, are upset. And you know, for people like us, you know, we don't make money off content <laughs> creation. It costs no. us. It costs us time. It costs <laughs> us money. We do it because it's our passion. And to not have the support of wizards. At, at all is is pretty deflating and, and really disappointing. It's not like we're going to quit doing the, the cast and streams and everything. I'm not saying that, but it you want your stakeholders to feel valued. And we want, just like we want people that listen to our cast and watch our streams that play in our leagues, you know, we, we love them. We love that they're involved and we love that people contribute to our Discord and all the rest of it. And we wouldn't do that without, we wouldn't do what we do without those people, without our community. The content creators in that sense are the wizards community and they've just completely let us down. So morale from the content creators is going to be at an all time low. Uh, and people, instead of talking positive about wizards, and as you said right at the start, we've been really conscious of being positive towards wizards, not jumping on the bandwagon. We will not be alone in our, um, you know, the sour taste that's left in our mouths after this. Just spend five minutes on Twitter and yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are that are upset. And, you know, no one's really, okay, there, there will be people that are un- unloading on Wizards, but most people are just like, just why? Yeah, you know, just it, a general disappointment. Yeah, so it what's doesn't funny, make sense. What's funny is how many times have we made the joke about the announcement of an announcement? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if this was something else, like we would have heard about it, you know, ad nauseum for, for three weeks, but all of a sudden then they just go bang. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense. There's no continuity in their communications. And yeah. Anyway, it was very yeah. cathartic to say all of that. And I appreciate everybody yep. who stuck around to listen. Yeah. So I, I just hope that they're doing something to build a new system. And, and like last point, when when we had communication last year, uh, like we were having issues with with uh, like the codes and things that we would get through stream elements, and and basically Wizards came out and said, "Oh, we're we're in the process of rejigging the content creator program and finding something that's going to work better." 
you know, new new codes and, and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, yep, cool, sounds good. That was four months ago and then we literally heard nothing since then and now it's just this. There is still no word of, okay, we are building a uh, we are building a new system that's going to be good for content creators. It's well, just Well, that's no. the thing. If they'd come it's out and said, look, we're not doing it for Strixhaven because we're rebuilding, people would totally understand. Yeah. They'd be a bit disappointed, yep. but it'd be like, okay, we're going to get something different. But just yep. like straight up pulling the pin, yeah. Anyway. Yep. <sighs> All right, enough whinging. <laughs> <laughs> have, have we done the six hours that we put on the show notes? Probably feels like that for some people. <laughs> Probably half our audience have tuned out by now. Yeah. I've tuned I don't want to listen to these guys whinging. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some other stuff. So... We've, uh, as we mentioned, we do have Strixhaven coming out soon. Uh, this in in a few days, or pr- probably by the time you listen to this cast, it'll be live uh, on Arena. So there's a few things from Strixhaven. There's Chewie's got a uh, a bit of a top ten uh, list of cards that uh, we he wanted to go through uh, from the Strixhaven previews. Uh, both Stu and I mentioned uh, before the cast that we're actually way more excited about uh, the effect on historic with the the mystical archive card so yeah it'll be going to be very interesting to see what happens then and uh yeah it's as in case you haven't realized all the mystical archive cards will be legal for the historic event that is on next weekend so figure out what you're going to play in historic start crafting those cards and except for the seven that won't be yes yes correct so We've touched on that in on uh, on previous episodes, so we don't need to go too much into the mystical archive. But Chewie, do you want to yeah take us a bit of a bit of a run through some of the cards you're pretty excited to see in Strixhaven? Yeah, absolutely. So this is my top ten based on you know this is my own opinion. Um, this is my uh, my thoughts. I just want to share the cards that I'm excited about. Not necessarily uh, what I think is going to be the the best cards per se definitely some good cards and cards that i think will definitely be uh in the top echelon of cards in um in strixhaven uh but not necessarily standard either i'll talk about some cards that may influence some older formats uh, as well as standard uh but we'll start with some honorable mentions and you know i think uh the joke has been made that you know bone crusher giant um and uh, the the other adventure cards are probably going to be the best cards in Strixhaven Standard, but that'll do. Just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, done. Um, but uh, yeah, so a couple. First honorable mention is uh, Wandering Archaic, which I spoke about uh, a couple of casts ago as a, a card I was excited about. But I think Wandering Archaic is. Uh, do we need to read the card? Do we think? Uh, yeah, probably should. Yep, just yep. just do a quick read. So, Wandering Archaic is a modal double-face card. It's five generic mana for a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two mana. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You choose new targets for the copy. And the backside is a sorcery, three generic mana. Uh, each player reveals the top card of their library, reveals a land card and or an instant or sorcery card from among them, puts them... Uh, puts a reveal card into their hand and the rest in the bottom of the library and uh, each player gains three life. So I think this will be a really good card in the first couple of weeks of standard because the uh, everyone's going to be excited about the new mechanic magecraft and want to play spells. We want to play decks where spells matter and this can be a, a good metagame call uh, in the first early weeks until things shake out. It could be potentially the best card in standard long term if 
the only deck that matters is the spells matters deck. Um, but, uh, that we're not quite sure on that. And that's generally not been the case historically, but, uh, having wandering archaic as an option in the first couple of weeks, chuck a couple in your deck, uh, put them in your sideboard at least, and you'll probably get some rewards out of that. Um, so that, yeah. What do you guys think about wandering archaic? Anything to add to that? I just think it's cool. It's a cool card. It's got weird art. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, weird art for sure. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, like I think in Commander, it's going to be interesting. Mm, Definitely. It's going into a number of my Commander decks. Yeah. Putting that, like the front side, putting that tax on people. It's like, well, you can cast that spell. No worries. If you don't pay an extra two for it, I'm also going to cast that spell. So that seems good. The backside is just weird. (laughs) Yeah. I don't the think backside modern Tron maybe, but I, I don't think you're going to play it for the backside. No, and, and you know maybe good against your opponent that's playing all creatures because they're not going to have many instants and sorceries. But if your opponent's playing spells and they get to look at five cards, it's pretty likely they're going to get a land yeah. or an instant or sorcery. So, and then just randomly each player gaining three life. That's odd. Yeah, very, very odd card. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned Commander just before, and I, I think my next honorable mention, uh, we'll probably see some play in that format as well. Uh, it is Morality Spear, which is two- Mortality. Mortality, mortality Spear. Sorry, Mortality Spear. Uh, <laughs> We're not getting it, judgmental here. Yeah, it'd be a, dif- it'd be a different, it'd be a different color um, combination probably if it was that. Uh, yeah, Mortality yeah. Spear, two black, green for an instant- um, destroy target non-land permanent, but this spell costs two less to cast if you gain two life this turn. I, I think it's uh it's going to be a uh, a player in in standard, and I think it's going to be a uh, yeah a, a card that people need to be aware of, particularly in the uh, if you don't have the black green deck using all of the life gain with the with the bloom uh, mechanics. Uh, that yeah, with the bloom seems to have a bit of that. Yeah, a lot of like incidental life gain. You you know you, you gain a life, and then all of a sudden like destroy target non land permanent. It's just it's just for green black. That's a, it's yeah, a pretty it, good card. Instant speed as well. Yeah. It feels good. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of uh, removal spells, number ten on my list is baleful mastery. So baleful mastery is a an instant black and three. Uh, you may pay black and one rather than this spell's mana cost. If that cost was paid, uh, an opponent draws a card. An opponent. So it gets interesting if you're playing this in, in multiplayer formats. Uh, and it says exile, creature, or planeswalker. So what I like about this card is, uh, you know, four mana, exile, a creature, or planeswalker has been good enough in standard in the past. Um, think like Raska's Contempt. Yeah, Raska's Contempt. Yeah, but the option to pay this for for two mana uh, to exile a Planeswalker is is actually pretty good. Like if somebody jams a three, four, five mana Planeswalker, and you can just pick this off, and it costs you a card that's better than having a you know a Narset or a Teferi or something sticking around. So uh, having that flexibility, I think, is is really good. So. Whilst, you know, four mana exile something is, is okay. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Having the option at the cost of giving them a card, uh, you know, I'd rather my opponent have a, uh, have a single card than random some, card off the top. Yeah. Than a, you know, a Tibalt that they've cast off, you know, an ultimatum or something. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So an, an, an instant speed answer to that is, uh, is something that's quite, uh, quite useful to have. Any, any thoughts on that one? 
to you guys? Do you agree that this one belongs in the top 10 cards or strongly like disagree? No, I like it. And I think maybe it'll go well in Historic if you run in Narset so that, you know, kill their creatures on their turn and then they can't draw a card. I, I like that as well. Yeah, definitely. Let's say uh, it's a good little synergy there. Yep. Uh, I like that I like lot. the next card more. Uh, clever Lumimancer. Yep. Yeah. We, weird, very hard to say. Yeah, the Clever Mancer. <laughs> You've got to be clever to read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, do you want to read that one for us, uh, Shorty? <laughs> yep. So this is a single white for an O1 human wizard, and it has Magecraft. So the Magecraft is the same on, on everything. It's whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, and then it has an effect. So it is Clever Lumamancer gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely see this going in a Boros burn style deck where you you are running a lot of cheap creatures, you know, your Monastery Swift Spears and things like that. Uh, put this in there and all you got to do is cast one spell each turn and you're getting a one mana 2-3, which uh, that's Curd Ape. Yeah, one Curd mana Ape. Two, three. Yep, yep, absolutely. Has uh, certainly seen play in the past. It's uh, awesome. And then, yeah, has, has that potential to be much, much bigger. I like this in Modern where there's already the red base prowess deck and in modern with you know fetches and shocks it's not hard to play a uh a white card and that that yeah, gives you yeah, things like boros. boros charm and and whatnot yep anyway yeah definitely uh so i think this with four copies of monastery swift spear is a pretty good spot to start yep if four, four four swift spear four of this four uh soul scar mage Absolutely. And then just a bunch of bunch of burn spells. And there I'll sit go. there with my chalice on one and be <laughs> smug about it. But um, but yeah, I, I think this potentially even legacy playable, at least modern. Uh, and my only concern about this one in standard is if just we have the density of cheap spells to be able yeah. to uh, to get value off it. But I think it would definitely show up. Uh, but absolutely going to see play in some of the older formats. Uh, I think it's great. It's a uh, I, th- I think I heard um, Luis Scott Vargas say on another podcast that it's a uh, one white mana for tendrils. <laughs> so for tendrils of agony. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, sure. uh, you know, there's in, in older formats, you know, this probably only needs to attack twice because uh, it's when you copy a spell. So, you know, you can storm off and, and get someone. So I uh, yeah, definitely expect this card to pop up in, in many different places. So uh, it doesn't block very well, but if you're playing 12 one-drops, you, you're you probably not blocking You don't block in, uh, yeah, Boros aggressive decks. No, not if at you, all. If you're blocking, you're in trouble. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Um, Kill them first. Right, next on the list. Next on the list are all the Snarls, uh, which is the uh, the rare land cycle. Are they the uh, reveal a land, so yeah. like a plains or a swamp? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the mana mana's pretty good in standard as it is. So I I don't know if these are going to be, you know, included in all of the, the three color decks that we see at the moment. I don't think they'll get played in any three color decks. No. But I what- think you will only see these in two color decks and yeah. two color decks that are basically just splashing for that second color. Yeah. yeah. But I, I played a bunch of uh Gruel Aggro in standard as like my best of one deck of choice on ladder and it is a good deck except you've just got to run bulk basics 
you know, you, you'll get maybe one dual land and then you'll get a fetch land and then you just got to hope you don't draw all forests or all mountains. These fix that problem along with the, the pathways. But, you know, if you're playing four pathways, four of the snarl lands and some, some, some of the standard fetch lands whose name is Fable, Fable Passage. Fable Passage. Uh, you've all of a sudden got a, a really good comes into play untapped mana base for yeah. a two color aggressive deck. So the, the problem is they just do not play well with the pathways and the fable passages. So you've you've then got eight uh, and themselves. So you've got twelve lands in your deck that don't allow you to reveal right, to yeah. put that land in play untapped. So that's half your mana base. Yeah. Which means you're just so often like you basically might as well just play a temple, <laughs> like <laughs> temple at least gets you a, gets you a scry because no, I, I think they'll yeah. come into play untapped enough and look they may even just replace fable passage honestly yeah I mean so, like we've we've played with these lands before like these the first cycle of them have been in standard they were in shadows over Innistrad I think yeah one of the Innistrad blocks so we've yeah. we've played with these before and they just were not they were not played. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, they're just not, not very good for the mana bases. But uh, no, we'll see. They, Luis Scott Vargas made the choice to play that in the. That's twice mentioning LSV. Wow, fanboy. Um, <laughs> he top aided with uh, Bent Humans, and he made the choice to play this land over the other one, whichever it was at the time, the uh, the fast land, which was available, because he found in his testing it to be more consistent. So uh, I think it's definitely worth testing. Uh, I, I think these can really play well in standard, but I think post-rotation these may become, you know, a, a snarl pathway mana base will yeah. be will be the best option that we have. Uh, so they may not see may not see play in the first couple of months or twelve months of standard, but they'll definitely become a a mainstay uh, after we see some of the current sets rotate out. Depending on what gets printed in future sets, but that's my uh, that's my prediction. Yeah. Yep. Next card. Okay. Uh, Elite Spellbinder. Paulo Vito Doma de Rosa. Uh, yep. So we talked about this card a little bit, but uh, I, I didn't like it at first. But the more I read it, the more I like it, the more applications I see. I, I think the the aggressive white deck that we currently see will move more to a, a hate bears style deck where it's just trying to hate out on the decks, trying to go bigger and, and sneak under them with their disruption. And uh, I, I think this will be a, a key card in that. It's got evasion and it hits for three, which is great. And it's a repeatable effect with some of the uh, some of the cards in standard that you can uh, use to rebuy that that comes into play ability. So yeah, or just blink it with Urian. Yeah, exactly. So there's yeah, there's a bunch of cards that that do that sort of thing. Um, what do you think of this one, Stu? Have you played the mono white deck? I haven't played the mono white deck. I've played against it a number of times, but. Um Look, anything that uh, makes your opponents co- have to pay more to cast things is a big, a big thing for me. I like that. You know, take their, take their ultimatum. And yeah, you can cast it, but in two more turns. Yeah, whilst I'm beating you down with exactly. my, my, my things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I quite like it. Three, you know, three mana flyer with three power as well. Like that, that's pretty good. Yep, absolutely. Just, just um, quietly d- dice to bone crusher. It does. Do you know what else it <laughs> dies to? Vanishing verse. Which is the next card on my list? Hey, I like this card. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I think this card is excellent. Um, 
you know, I mentioned just before that mana is pretty good in standard at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, having black and white. Uh, you want to read up, this one, Stu? Up early. Yeah, vanishing point. So it costs a white and a black. It's an instant and it exile target monocolored permanent. So yeah, it is worth pointing out for players in case you're unaware. Monocolored means it is one color. So a, a, a colorless creature or a colorless artifact, a colorless creature like the, what was it, the Wandering Archaic? You can't hit any of them. They are colorless. They don't have a color, so they don't count as a monocolored permanent. No, but there are a lot of monocolored permanents running oh, yeah. around. And I, I think this card is actually really strong and may even reach back as far as modern, uh, definitely in historic. And, you know, if you're playing a, uh, a mid-range deck that wants a solid removal spell, if you're playing a control deck, and you want something to, you know, you're playing Urion, so you've got a giant deck and you need density of removal spells. This is this is a really good catch or it catches a lot of planeswalkers, a lot of creatures. It, it deals with uh, the Embercleaves that run around. It, it's just a, yeah, just a good magic card. And I think that one's going to see a bunch of play across a bunch of different formats. No, uh, without a doubt. I'm excited by that one. Be a good, good card to put in the cube, actually. Yeah, actually, that is, yeah, probably, yeah, I'll look mm. for a foil. There we go. I wonder if they do an EA version. Yeah. Um, the next card might be a little bit controversial, but I think this card is going to be good because of best of one ladder. So I am making concessions to best of one, uh, <laughs> even though it is not my favorite way to interact with the game, but I know that a lot of people do. Even though it's not a real, it's not, not a real, real magic. format. Yeah, it's, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real format. It's just the McDonald's version. It's not a home cooked meal. You're not going to get the same sustenance from it. And you're going to be hungry 20 minutes later. But um, Decisive Denial. Do you want to read that one for me, Shorty? Yep. So it's a blue and a green for an instant, and it has choose one. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control, uh, which means they deal damage equal to its power to each other. Or counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays three. So... Modal card, you've got two choices, instant speed. We've seen this mana cost be pretty good on cards uh, previously. Yeah, it's about time, Fight, like, blue-green cards is get pretty magic cards, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, they haven't had yeah, enough. Fi- yeah. Fighting is good, being able to, especially in blue and green that doesn't really have removal. Uh, fighting is a good way to, uh, you know, use one of your big green fatties like a, uh, a love-struck beast to just punch something in the face and kill it. Uh, but the other part of it, the counter target non-creature spell, unless its controller p- pays three, is pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah. you're going to catch a lot of. You're going to catch some sweepers. You're going to catch some ultimatums. You're going to catch some yeah. planeswalkers. So yep. it's the the reason this card is good, I think, is is the versatility. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Oftentimes, the you know the the sort of modal cards, all of the options individually are, are, are weak. But I think these two options are both quite good. And, yep. uh, yeah, for that reason, I, I think it will see some play for sure. Well, how often do you play a match where you, you, all you need is some removal and you just keep pulling counters? It's like, I, I needed the counters to remove, but, you know, with this in hand, you can do both. Exactly. Yeah. And what I, what I, my initial thought when I read this card was a deck like Teamer Adventures uh, that wants to play a, like a light counter suite, uh, but it also wants removal. And sometimes Bone Crusher Giant and she doesn't quite get the job done. 
Uh, it did when it had Lucky Clover behind it. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, the good old days, I'll call them. But this gives this gives the decks just a, a lot more flexibility. Uh, granted, you probably lose the companion, but you get this plus Embercleave, and, and away you go. So uh, by losing the uh, the Obosh, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a direction that that deck can go to uh, sort of adapt. The thing I like with this is like you the second half of it which effectively is like negate like a mana leak negate you know yep. countering target non-creature spells that's usually a sideboard card that you bring in for you know the control games and the grindy games and that sort of stuff the first half is a removal spell good in creature matchups both of those options are for against different types of decks yes. which means you can play this in your main deck yeah. and if you go up against the creature matchups like awesome i've now got a removal spell for your creatures if you go up against the yorion deck or a you know saltai control or saltai ultimatum or something it's like oh awesome i've got a counter spell for your ultimatum so very card versatile card that can be played in a main deck so yeah, yeah and that's I why like i that think one. best best of one is the obvious home for this but i i definitely think it's going to see play in in you know real magic as well so i, I think it's uh I, I think it's a good card <laughs> no a good limited card yep. as well a- absolutely yeah definitely uh, so yep uh next card on my list is another speaking of good limited cards <laughs> yep yeah absolutely uh another gold card in ripper part um do you want to read this one for me Stu? yes it costs a white and a red I'm seeing a theme here a lot of uh two mana cards i like uh, cheap choose- spells. sorcery choose one ripper part Rip apart deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker, or destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yeah, so all right. So it's a sorcery. It's the only sort of knocker yeah. on, on this card. If this was an instant, it'd be bonkers. But I, I think each of those modes is is kind of good enough uh, without being an instant. And you know, we've seen uh, a card in the uh, the clever Lumimancer where you get rewarded for playing spells in your turn. So, you know, you can go turn one Lumimancer, turn two, kill their thing, bash for two. Uh, like, that that's a good opening. Uh, it's It hits Planeswalkers, which is great, or it's also a, uh, not a Shatter, a Disenchant. Uh, so, again, flexibility. And I can see this probably making home in, in a lot of sideboards, but... I think in sideboards as far back as historic and modern uh, might want yeah. this card. Well, we've we've seen a braid get played a fair bit in modern, which is one and a red instant deals three to choose one deals three to a, a creature or destroy target artifact. So doesn't hit planeswalker, doesn't hit an enchantment. So if you're playing yeah the boros burn style deck that we were sort of mentioning before in in a format like modern, then it seems like a pretty good uh, good inclusion. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of an upgrade uh, at the cost of, you know, casting it in your own turn. But that, as yep. I said, if you're playing a Boris Burn deck, you probably want to be playing more spells in your turn because of the Lumimenta. So Yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. not actually that much of a, a downside yep. in that particular case. So, yeah, I think this card's great. And, yeah, a great limited card as well, as you mentioned. Next one's probably a little bit controversial mm. to be this high on the list or even on the list at all but for, for some yeah. people. But <laughs> I, I I really rate this card, um, which is Eureka Moment, um, which is blue, green, and two for an instant. Draw two cards, and then you may put a land card from your hand under the battlefield. It's like so, Chunky Growth Spiral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chunky Growth Spiral. I like it. Um, so, format of draw twos have been 
pretty good over Magic's history. Um, you know, we saw the one that gave you some energy and we've seen, you know, various uh, iterations of that card, of that this type of card over the, the last, you know, however long Magic's been around. And they've always been okay. And oftentimes they've been, you know, the control deck or the mid-range decks go to. And they've always been good. You know, you hold up counter magic or removal. Your opponent doesn't do anything. I'll just draw some cards and reload. And we even saw, uh, you know, play patterns where it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to cast something on my turn four to make my opponent play their removal spell or, or counter it so they don't get to reload because then I can press that as an advantage. Uh, but that's kind of gone by the wayside as, more recent standard sets have been more focused on what's going on on the battlefield rather than, you know, hands and, and, and the stack. It's more been like, let's put a bunch of permanents into play and smash them against each other. This gives you the card draw that you want for uh, those mid-range or control strategies. And I'm thinking like the Saltai Ultimatum deck, right? This is where I envision this deck, find this card finding a home. Uh, but you're also advancing your game plan, your battlefield bit by ramping. So not only are you drawing the cards, you're, you're getting closer to your big spells. So that's why I think this card is uh, probably been a bit underrated by a bunch of people. I, honestly, I think this card, assuming the, uh, the Quandrix or the Simic base decks remain, uh, good and competitive and, uh, at the top of the metagame and, you know, why wouldn't you when you can cast, uh, Emergent Ultimatum? Uh, for as long as that remains the case, I think this card can be a, uh, a big upgrade for that. Do, do you guys agree or do you think I'm completely off the mark here and I'm losing the plot or somewhere in between? Mm, yeah, I'm more in that second camp. <laughs> I already thought that, but in relation to the, <laughs> in relation to the card, look, I, I like it. I, it feels maybe, maybe it's a little expensive, but in saying that drawing two cards and playing a land is still good and growth spiral was probably a little cheap. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. think you're going to play it while Behold the Multiverse is in the format. No, I don't think so. No, well, as as I said though, Behold the Multiverse as 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 just a four mana draw two, right? Not not the, if you just look at it as the front side of the card, it's not really getting played because it doesn't affect the battlefield. Like spending turn four, that no, is, and not, but it's also it's it's also Scry two. Scry is good, and yeah, you can foretell as well. Yeah, yeah, but. If like you're hitting, trying to get hitting to this seven, on turn four, the, I think the ramp side of this is n- is kind of not that relevant. It's kind of slow. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, it could be wrong. It, it might see play. I'd, I guess I we'll know. we'll see. I I think it's yeah. I think this card is underrated. I think it's good. yeah. I I like and, it. I do like it. I just and it'd be nice a, to see it in like a uh, a streamer event to see how it actually performs. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, Stu. We should get uh, access to the cards. In, in saying oh, that, yeah, I okay. do have 600 common wild cards, so I don't mind making these. But <laughs> yeah. You just need all the other wild cards around it to put it in a deck. So, exactly. Shorty, if you play this and and you realise that it is actually good, would that be a, a Eureka moment? No, no, no. no. Not I was trying to cut all. you off before yeah. you got there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> next card, though, I do like. I'm a big fan of the next card, which yeah, is next ex- card. Expressive Iteration. Yeah, so this is a my number two card in the set. Uh, if you like it, Shorty, it's it's in your colours. Read it out. It is. Yep. Expressive Iteration, blue and a red, sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, one of them on the bottom of your library, and exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. So Ooh. sorcery, fine. 
no, got no no problem with that. One of them into your hand, yep, two mana, draw a card, okay, that's fine. One of them on the bottom of your library, that would be amazing if that was put it in your graveyard, but that, that would probably be a bit too powerful. Uh, and the exile one of them, and you can play the exile card this turns, means you can play lands off this. And so, that's why I think this being a sorcery isn't too much of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, like it would it would be an amazing card if it either did what I said, put put one of the cards into the graveyard, or it had the light up the stage clause where you can play it till right, your next turn. So this is a card, you're only playing this card on turn two, in desperation, where it's yeah. like I need to find a land, uh, so I'm I'm gonna I just need to draw. I'm gonna put the land card in my hand, and I'm gonna exile a card that I, that I'm never gonna get to play, and just put another card on the bottom of my library. That's the only reason you can play it on turn two. Uh, but if you can play it on turn three, and one of the top three cards of your library is a land, and you can play that land, and then play another one mana spell, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, it, and it's an, yeah. also a later cheap on in the spell. game, it, it, it's also good. It's also a cheap spell to trigger your Magecraft, which I, I think yeah. is worth exploring. And, yeah, so I see this being not – it's not an aggressive card by any stretch. So I see this – if there's a blue-red-based control spells matter mid-range strategy, uh, this seems like a, a, a pretty good four of. We saw the blue-red sort of tempo deck when Goldsman Dragon first came out. Yeah. I could definitely see this sort of card Great going in it. that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, like Goldsman Dragon gives you the mana for it as well, so it's uh, yeah, pretty yeah. handy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's a. Uh, I think this card is is just good, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. Probably won't reach back too far as far as you know no, formats are concerned, likely. but I, I can definitely see this being a uh, a common card in you know deck dumps and top eights and such moving forward so uh i i really like it it does a lot of interesting things and it's uh you know hits land drop land drops in control decks or filters land when you don't need them uh it's a good card so it's cheap enough if you cast this on turn four or five to be able to you know double spell so you know if you've got some magecraft uh creatures or effects on the board to be able to you know, cast this and, you know, for the, you know, the cost of just one card and five mana, you're getting multiple triggers and it's going to be a big tempo boost. So I think it's great. Yep. What's the last card on your list? So it's number one and number one is, I, I don't know where this goes yet, but I think <laughs> this card has the most potential to be just straight up busted. Um, so it's uh, Galazeth Prismari, which is the, uh, the Elder Dragon. For Prismari, so it's two blue and a red legendary creature, Elder Dragon. It's a three-four flyer. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, create a treasure, and it says artifacts you control have tap, add one mana of any color. Spend this to only cast instants or sorceries. So I don't oh. know where this lives yet. Uh, the, if there's a blue-red spells matter deck to be had in standard, this is definitely an inclusion. But mana engines traditionally are pretty good. Uh, big being, you know, getting, getting free mana, extra mana, whatever it might be. We saw a bunch of stuff in Kaldheim that makes treasures or has things where treasures matter. Maybe this is the card that, you know, things like, I'm going to say Magda might be the dwarf I'm thinking of where it cares about treasures. This might be, you know, one of the missing pieces of the puzzle that that deck needs. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good card, but it's got potential to just broken in half i don't know what that looks like just yet but the potential's there so for that reason 
uh, I'm going to say this is this is a card to look out for for sure. Yeah, the problem I have with this card is it gives your artifacts the ability, but you can only use that mana to cast instants and sorceries. So you've got to play a deck that's either got a heap of artifacts in it. Or is creating which, a bunch of artifacts. Yeah, or you're creating a bunch of artifacts. But the artifacts you create can't be creatures because then they'll be summoning sick and they can't use their ability. So, yeah, you, you, I, I just don't know what it's, deck it's you're playing. It's all about treasures. It's treasures. And that's where the... Yeah, but but what are you? what's generating your treasures? Like you, you basically need this dude and maybe like Goldsman Dragon and then just a deck full of instants and sorceries that somehow generate treasures. Otherwise, you're just kind of not you're not doing anything. You, you might have one or two treasures. And it's like, yeah, cool, cool. I could tap this treasure and sack it to get mana, or I can just tap it to cast an instant of sorcery. But I don't have any instant of sorcery, so I'm just kind of doing nothing. So it's, there's- yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it, it, it definitely does have some potential, but I have no idea where. Oh, as <laughs> where I said, I, I, I'm not sure what uh, it looks like as far as. Uh, the deck that is going to play this. It would work with food too, right? Food is an artifact, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you I mean, could I'm be not playing sure what a, do out of it. You could be playing a, you know, some sort of uh, blue-red tempo beatdown deck, you know, Goldspan Dragon, as you mentioned, Gadrak um, that we saw from uh, M21. Uh, there's there's some big spells in, in this. The, yeah, Magda, Brazen Outlaw... You it creates a bunch of t- treasures and you can sacrifice yeah, go treasures. And get dragon. And, yeah, go and get some stuff and you know there's just a lot of synergies with treasures. A lot of cards that make treasures over the last few uh, sets and they're just oh, there's something out there when they're printed treasures with the density that they've printed and then they print something that makes your treasures beyond just lotus petals. They make them effectively lands. Um, they make them actual mana rocks. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, I, I think it's something that can be can be broken. I I'm not smart enough to <laughs> to, to know full what stop. that is just yet. Yeah, I'm not I'm smart not enough. Smart enough. Full stop. The end. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I I think this card is going to maybe not in standard, maybe in an older format. I don't know, but seems seems broken in some way. I yep. just don't know. What I'm sure someone yet. could build a sweet commander deck with the with that card in it. Yeah, get on it, Hemsey. Really, really broken stuff. Speaking of Commander, uh, we were maybe going to talk about it tonight, but uh, we've gone long enough already. So there is uh, the Commander decks that are coming out with Strixhaven. Uh, they did this last year with Ikorian. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this on the cast before, but there is uh, Commander decks that are tied to each of the colleges from uh, from this set. So you've got all the, the five, five different colour pairs. One, two, three. That is four, correct. Five, five different color pairs. Uh, five different commander decks. So there's, yeah, the the lists are all out on, you know, you can just Google and find the lists. Uh, there's some pretty decent value, uh, some good cards in some of these, you know, cards like Hellkite Tyrant, which is like 30, 40 bucks now. Thousand Year Elixirs, which are like 25, 30 bucks. So some good value in there in the, in the decks. And uh, some of the cards sound pretty cool, but... Uh, I am not a good commander brewer and cannot wrap my head around so many cards to uh, try and build decks around. But if that's your jam, get into it because uh, heaps more cards coming to your format. I saw a um, a folder, like a you know a rares folder, the other day that had 
the cover just said Soul Ring, 98 <laughs> cards to go. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that, that's how you <laughs> build Commander decks okay. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good place to start. Yeah. Figure out your Commander later. Put you put your Soul Ring no, no, in you and some other broken stuff. Commander. And- I'm gonna, so I'm going to build this. Yeah. Get, grab a Soul Ring. Where do I go? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so if I was just going to say, if you liked my top 10 or dis- didn't like it, let us know in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, join it and then have a go at me there. Yep. And, uh, yeah, as a reminder, come and join the Discord so you can get in on the events that we run. If you have joined, we've had a couple of people join the uh, the league and the historic event, and I'm not 100% sure if they've joined our Discord, so... Make sure if you are listening to this and you've joined our events, make sure you are in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you cannot play in the events because that is where all our communication happens. So get in the Discord and uh, you won't be uh, disappointed once you're in there anyway because it's an awesome community. There's lots of people talking about stuff. So jump in there and then uh, yeah, join in our events. Uh, if you want to support us directly, uh, you can pick up some sweet Magic Beans merchandise. There's a link in the show notes for our merch store. Grab some hoodies and t-shirts and things like that and uh, show off your Magic Bean swag. You can uh, go and grab some bargains at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and let them know the beans sent you uh, so they continue their awesome sponsorship of everything we do and, and give us prize support and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Stu? At M Stewie. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.